0: Oh, my. His yoke is easy, and his burden is light. Pastor cares upon him, because he cares for you. No matter what it looks like in the world today, his yoke is still easy, and his burden, his burden, his burden, his burden are life. You tell me what he won't do, I'll tell you what he will do. He makes a way out of nowhere. He's my father. He's my mother. He's my teacher. He's my preacher. Here's your giving. Hallelujah. Come on, church. Say hallelujah. Hallelujah is the highest praise. Hallelujah. 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 God, I bless you. Hallelujah. Yes, yes. Bye, 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 bye.
1: God is, good. God is
0: good.
1: God is good. God is good. God is good. Oh, bless his name. He is worthy to be praised. Worthy to be praised. Be praised. Bless the wonderful name of Jesus. Oh, yes, bless his name. We say yes. Lord, we say yes. We say yes to you. Oh my God. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his word just to rest upon his promise, just to know this saith the Lord. Jesus, Jesus. How I prove, all and o'er, over and over, Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace, to trust you more, yes, Lord. In the name of Jesus,
0: Amen. hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Jesus Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him, how I prove Him yes to God because we can trust him. Yes. And when we feel wobbly, we can just say, oh, for grace. Yes. Trust him. From the book of Acts, chapter 10, with verse 1. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian Regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? The angel answered, your prayers and your gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon, who's called Peter. He is staying with Simon, the tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants, a devout soldier who was one of his attendants, He told them everything that had happened and sent them to Joppa. Verse 44 of chapter 10. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. It's the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Tell your neighbor, "My my house. Yeah, my house. A friend noticed that whenever their friend was referring to their father, they always referred to their father as Pastor Smith, (laughs) Pastor Smith this, Pastor Smith that, so finally the friend Ask the other friend, what do you call your father at home? Pastor Smith. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Pastor Smith, Pastor Smith, Pastor Smith outside, and Pastor Smith at home. <clears> hmm. <throat> Let me suggest to you that there are some of us who always want to weigh in by our title. We want to weigh in by our title outside of the home. That's one thing. But inside the home, we always want all of our ways to fall on the title, oh my God. The title that the world relates to us by. We always wanna bring in the weight and authority of everything we've got externally into the home situation. If I had a choice between having Pastor Glover as my father, or having Daddy as my father. Y'all don't hear me. I'll take Daddy over Pastor Glover. My father was Pastor Glover on the outside. Dr. Glover on the outside. But all of us, just knew him as Daddy. And we related to him as Daddy in the house and Daddy outside of the house. And if Daddy was in the pulpit and we had a Daddy moment, oh, y'all don't hear me. We were still Daddy. I remember when my father was performing a wedding Ride and groom are there, their special day. But all I knew was the man with the open book was my daddy. I don't know at what point during the ceremony it was, but I decided to take off and run and grab my daddy's leg. Guess who was a witness to the ceremony? (laughs) Daddy didn't brush me off. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Yes, he was Pastor Glover, but I was still his little girl. And he wasn't going to explain to me in that moment the difference Y'all don't hear me. Yes. I was still daddy. Yes. I remember being at a church, and uh, the pastor was a grandfather for maybe it was the third or fourth time, whatever it was. And I was I was preaching there as you know the little guest, and I came up. You know, it was one of these things where you can stay back for a moment, collect yourself, then come out, you know, we'll have somebody bring you out into the service. So I, was, I needed a little extra prayer, you know what I mean? I didn't know where I was, you know, the strange church, you know, strange. So I'm, I'm praying, and all right, I'm ready to go out, and so the soul, the sister, carries me out. And so the pastor of the church is sitting there, lovely fellow, very distinguished gentleman, very distinguished gentleman, but next to him, was his granddaughter in her pajamas. Three-year-old grandchild in her pajamas, sitting up in the pulpit next to her grandfather. I hope you hear the point I'm making. Cornelius was a force to be reckoned with in his own right. Cornelius was a captain, a military captain, a captain of an auxiliary unit. Some historians believe that it was a a, a unit of archers. Oh my god. A unit of archers. A unit of men who knew what to do with a bow. And an arrow. He was a man with 62, 100 other men under his charge. In his own household, his household consisted not only of his biological children, but his household consisted of all of his servants, including those under his command. Oh my God. Imagine this. But yet with that in mind, the scripture says that this captain, this man of power and rank, a force to be reckoned with, was a man who was devout, had a devout relationship with God, he was devout and God-fearing, and the Bible says, he and all, somebody say all, all All his family, all of his household together, they were devout and God-fearing. What a statement. Let me suggest to you that you can make, and you all know this, everybody. You can't make your child believe your God. No, 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 no. You you can't make your child believe your God. You can't make your child trust your God. But in your own household, you can demonstrate. Oh, my God. You can demonstrate. And you can decide that, as for me and my house. And this was a me and my house situation. By saying that he was God-fearing, this this God-fearing is a particular uh, designation. It's not just a reverence for God. But this God-fearing here, these words God-fearing as opposed to the fearing as opposed to God-fearer. The fearing indicates that this was a Gentile, a monotheistic Old Testament worshiping Gentile who followed through on the code of Old Testament ethics. Oh, my God. In other words, everybody in his household, flesh and blood, And those under his charge were held to a code, to the same code of ethics. He held himself to an ethical code, and everybody with him had to hold that same standard. Oh my God! Let me suggest to you: as there's a saying, "I'd rather see a sermon than hear." A sermon, any day. That 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 uh, that memory of my father at the altar. That was a sermon that I'll never forget. That grandfather with his three-year-old in her pajamas. That was a sermon I'll never forget. You understand what I'm talking about? Oh my God! My God! My. So so. Let me suggest that this man, Cornelius was not a worshiper in form but a worshiper in his heart. There's a difference between daddy going to church and daddy having the Lord of the church on the inside. There's a difference between daddy saying this is right and that's wrong. And daddy living unto the Lord. And and daddy demonstrating. Y'all don't hear me. The Bible says that that this man, this man was God-fearing. This God-fearing captain, he and his whole household were God-fearing Gentiles. Oh, my goodness. They were God-fearing Gentiles, who observed the Sabbath, and they attended the synagogue, but they had not converted. Are you with me? Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you, all right, all right, that's it, all right. And and it says, further of him, this is the second half of verse 2, he gave somebody say gave. He, gave he gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly Mm Mm Mhm Look at verse 4 Cornelius stared he stared at the angel in fear What is it Lord he asked the angel answered Your prayers and Gifts. Did you hear that? Prayer that gives. All right, so here we are. You know, some of us, all of us, men and women, when we give, it's a check off for what is the right thing. I'm giving because it's the right thing to do. Or I'm giving because the Bible says this, that it's my obedience. Check. I prayed this morning. Check. I've been a good person. Check. Didn't lie on my neighbor. Check. You understand me. Or if I did lie, I asked forgiveness and I went back to my neighbor and got it right. Check. Check, 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 check. But this man's giving, I want you to hear me. Our giving doesn't buy us an audience with God. That's not what I'm saying, that's not the point. That's not the point. But this man's giving reflected giving because his heart, the door of his heart was wide open. His giving was not a matter of checking off. His giving was because his heart was wide open and he just couldn't help himself. He didn't give out of pity, he just didn't give out of compassion, but he gave out of the overflow of an open heart. When God sees that our prayers and our giving come from an open heart, God will share his gifts, more of his gifts with those who share gifts that come from their hearts. When we give looking for nothing in return, God says, I see that. I see that what you're doing is not, is not because you want to get. I see that you are open. You are in touch with the needs of other people. You're not selfish. You're in. Oh, you don't hear what I'm saying. Oh, my God. I don't know about you, but I, I hope that my heart is always open. Yeah. I want the door of my heart to be open yeah. so that when I pray, I'm not praying because I have a particular agenda. No, 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 no. no! I want to pray with a heart that says, God, this is my heart. You are my joy. I want to know you and I want to know my brothers and sisters. I want to be able to watch you alive and well in their lives. I want to spot you and your personality, your gifts and your strengths. I want to honor you for the gifts you put all around me. I pray my heart is open. Some of us when we pray, our prayers are centered around fixing somebody else. So let me ask you a question, why do you want to fix them? And the truth is, sometimes we want to fix them so we'll feel better. Forget what God is up to in them, it's all about I need a greater comfort level with so and so, that's the only reason why I'm praying for them let me suggest to you that God is not just concerned about your comfort but God is concerned about the person you're praying for just because they are just like you think that person needs fixing there's something about you that needs an adjustment here a tweaking there and if God would just help us if we could just yield to understand that all of us have received the gracious love of God. Oh my God, when you know on the inside that you have received God's grace, when you know on the inside God's been good to you, when you did deserve it and when you didn't deserve it. When you know on the inside that God is working on you. When you know on the inside that you don't always know why you do what you do. Oh my God, it helps you to be kinder
0: to somebody else.
1: After this habit, Cornelius and his whole household. After their habit of prayer. After their habit of being good to their neighbor. Not whether the neighbor should be treated as good or not. Oh my God. Never let the way somebody treats you determine how you're gonna treat them. that let the way somebody talks to you or about you determine what you're going to fire back never you have an example we have the opportunity. To show a face others haven't seen. You say I'm not gonna be a doormat, I didn't say be a doormat but doormat, but I what I am saying there's a way to get a point across without having to look six shades of ugly. There's a way of getting the point across without tearing down somebody else. You got a lot of nerve to say something to me, look at me. I remember when I heard, really? We are to be peacemakers, makers of peace. It's a sign that we have been filled with the Holy Spirit when we don't say everything we're thinking. You don't have to say everything you're thinking. Especially when you don't have all the information. All right, all right. I'm done. All
0: right.
1: right. That goes for, I mean, that goes for all of us. You don't have to say everything you're thinking. I just had to get it off my chest, really. You see, this Cornelius here, men like him, they were considered natural leaders. They were natural leaders, but they also weren't easily moved. You see, when someone has a weapon in their hand, you don't want them to get easily moved. They have to be able to control themselves. You say, well, I don't own a gun. I, uh, that, all right, that's fine. But you know what? Control your tongue. Control your face. Control your, uh, uh. Control it! I why I'm carrying on like this, I'm sorry. <laughs> this so I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say another thing. Let me put it like this, and I, so I'll use me, so I won't offend you. I've been out of middle school a long time. You know what that means? I don't act like a child. Paul said, When I was a child, I thought like a child. I acted as a child. But when I became a man or when I became an adult, I put away. To know Jesus Christ as Lord. And to have yielded to the Holy Spirit means we don't act like we're children when we're full grown. We can have a child's delight, but we don't have child. You understand what I'm saying? So uh, the response of the angel prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial, as a meal offering, a peace offering before God. Send your men to Joppa, 30 miles south, to bring back Simon, who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. Yes, yes, yes. This whole chapter is devoted to Cornelius, to Peter, and what happened. Fast forward. Peter went with them back to Cornelius's house. Aren't you glad God will make house calls? He went back with him to Cornelius's house. And began to preach the gospel. Yes, yes. And while Peter was preaching the gospel, my God, my God, yes, yes, the Bible says, yes Lord, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit came on yes. all who heard. There wasn't a prayer line, yes. nobody raised a hand, and said, fall on me. (laughs) Nobody had prayed. All they did was just sit and hear the word. But they sat hearing the word with fertile ground. Their spirits were already fertile ground because they had lived toward God. So uh, let me say this and I'm done on this Father's Day. Just, Just let me say this. You know, when we know whose command we really are under, we respond differently. When we hear his voice, when we know that God is God and nobody but God, when we understand our own authority, then we don't have to throw our weight around. Yes, we leave. Fathers will lead their house without crushing the household, without asking the, y'all. Oh, don't hear me. When we give our households and when we give others out because the heart, our door, the door of our heart is open, God responds out of the open door of his own heart and shares in language we can understand the gift of salvation and the gift of his Holy Spirit. You know? I don't know if you've ever done, done those jigsaw puzzles. You know those jigsaw puzzles. 300 pieces, 500 pieces, 1,000 pieces. And there's nothing like somebody stepping up and saying, is this what you're looking Trying to make you got everything and you down to the last one, and you just can't figure out where that you figure where's the eye. I can't find the eye. I got the right eye, left eye, but I can't find the right eye. So the face that goes with this part. And somebody comes along and shows you. That's what God does. When He knows that through our good deeds for the right reason. We've been putting the puzzle together. He knows we're so close, almost there. But God says, let me help you with the last piece. The last piece, his name is Jesus. The last piece is the crucified Savior. The last piece is he rose from the dead. The last piece is all authority was in his hand when he got up that morning. The last piece is that he's looking for those to live for him. The last piece is that in his absence, he said he would send the Holy Spirit to be our comfort, our guide, our teacher, our help. That's the last piece. Welcome the last pieces of the puzzle into your heart and into your whole house. This Father's Day, brothers, mothers, sisters, friends, welcome Jesus into your house. Into your house. Into your house. today on this Father's Day, so glad that you're here, so glad that you're here, but you may be here and you don't know Abba, Father, the Daddy, the God who is our Father. You don't know him as your personal. You don't know Christ, his son, who connects us with our Father. If you don't know him, you haven't said yes, haven't given your heart to God, to Christ. I wanna invite you on this Father's Day to make that decision. If that's you, would you step out into Come on up, we would love to pray with you on this Father's Day. And you may be here and you know Christ as your Savior and Lord. You may be looking for a church home, if that's you. I invite you to come. Come and be a part of us here at St. Paul. Are you here? Please, the doors of the church are open. And come and say, "I, I want Christ in my life. I need the missing piece. I'm so close, but I know something is missing. The something is someone. Christ. That's you. Why don't you come?
0: I'm looking for a church
1: home. Been here a few times. Come right on. will not you come? You step out into the aisle. We'll meet you. Okay, ellos...